1: hogan rod babers hook them up 1019 am 1260
2: the horn all right it's the uh hour four of our five hour thursday conversation with hook them up with three and rod b rod will have another rant coming up good stuff uh this morning uh, we've got uh jeff passing at espn.com with a story that uh rod manford of major league baseball planned to expand by 2029 at least two teams or are- not at least two teams, into Major League Baseball to get it to 32. And according to Jeff Passan and the insiders at uh, ESPN, Austin, San Antonio, number one on the list of possible expansion destinations in the next six or seven years. Keep an eye on that story. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, was number two on the list. Um, We'll talk more about that. Also, obviously, the College Football Playoff Committee, one day after adopting a new 12-team playoff for the upcoming season in 2025, Already talking about a 14-team playoff or more for the following year and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, good conversations there for sure. So a lot on the table. Texas, Texas uh, uh, football conversation. Chris, um, you know, the the announcement that uh, Chris, uh, Gilbert. Chris Gilbert is back. Yeah, uh, which you know, special assistant I was to the head coach. Surprised not that Sark wouldn't want Chris Gilbert back, but that he only spent one year as a position coach up there at North Texas because it did feel like he wanted to take that that avenue and yep. go coach on field. But uh, he's back. He spent one year with Eric Morris at North Texas, and now here he is coming back as a special assistant to Steve
0: Sarkeesian. And he still may end up wanting to coach, uh, you know, a position. I, you know, I think at Texas, uh,
3: being a special assistant head coach, you, you know, you're not an on-field coach, but you can do a number of different things, right? Tasks that are delegated by the head coach. Um, and I do think potentially in the future, because obviously Sark likes the guy, because. He likes what he brings to the table. I think mostly because of his, he's a made man in the DFW area. That's one of the most fertile recruiting grounds in the country. Texas wants to make sure they have a foothold there, a uh, major market share in that area. Uh, but also, I mean, if, if he likes him, it's proven with that Brandon Harris promotion, becoming the general manager of Texas. This is a guy that was offered to be the assistant quarterback coach for Sean McVay and passed it up. And I thought to myself when he passed it up, what the hell are you doing? That's not a wise career move, but it was because he knew at Texas there was going to be an opportunity for mobility. Yes, and I think for Chris Gilbert, potentially if Sark likes you, Sark seems to be a coach that's willing to groom and develop a young coach for a specific position. And Sartre's got a lot of guys that are leaving his staff these days because they're getting promoted at yeah. other places. Yeah. And why not anticipate that with a guy you like, like-minded, who you know has those recruiting ties and say, no, nah, if you want to be a position coach, there, there will be a spot here at one point. I can guarantee it. somebody's going to leave. Because well, we I mean, just
2: got a lot of good coaches on his staff. And you, uh, you, you circle one guy. He, he's, he's got close relationship with Jeff Banks, the uh, tight ends coach, right. Banks, his coach, and, of course, Jeff Banks. You know, if things go well for for Texas this year, he could be a hot candidate. If not for the
3: the monkey gate thing, he he was getting some um, head coaching love last year.
2: Yeah, that's right. Not
3: two years ago, sorry. That's when the monkey uh, gate thing happened.
2: So we'll talk all those things more. Rod's got another rant coming up. We're having a good time with you on a Thursday. But also speaking of good times, Rod mentioned the beautiful weather. It's going to be almost 80 degrees today. Uh, Beautiful through the weekend. And then uh, plenty of baseball in Central Texas this weekend. In addition to the Longhorns hosting Cal Poly over at UFC Dishwalk Field for three games starting tomorrow night. How about out uh, at the Dell Diamond, the beautiful – Del Diamond. It's the Carbach College Classic at Del Diamond. Uh, participating in that is the head coach of our next guest here on the Vaqueros Hotline. He is uh, Coach Steve Trout, the head coach of the Texas State Bobcats. They'll be a part of that round-robin fun out at the Del Diamond this weekend. Coach Trout, how are you, man? Welcome to the show. Appreciate you doing it. What's up, Coach? Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Guys, hope all's well. Time for a fun weekend.
2: Hey, man, this is fun. I mean, you guys uh, have already – you played Youngstown State for three this past weekend and swept them and then uh, challenged yourself in the midweek going up to Fort Worth to play TCU on Tuesday. Heck of a ball game, 6-5 Horn Frogs. But what would you learn about your team uh, on the road against a top-five team in the country on Tuesday?
1: Yeah, it was a good battle on Tuesday. You know, I thought, uh, you know, biggest thing was just seeing some of these guys the first time in an environment like that playing a top-five team on the road. Um, and so, yeah, every every. We want to go win the baseball game, obviously, but uh, you know, anytime we're there, win or lose, we're trying to learn about our team and trying to learn about our depth and our personnel. And uh, I thought these guys—they uh, fought. You know, we got down five to nothing uh, going to the fourth, and and uh, you know, they, they, they taught me real quick that this team's gonna fight and compete um until to the very end and so i thought we did that we made a little comeback and uh, got some big innings out of a bullpen um and so yeah every day we're we're learning more about them but uh you know they i saw, saw the look in their eyes compete, the and so i'm uh, really excited to go to go to work with them and, and go to battle with them
2: coach Stephen trout is with us fifth season now at texas state time flies man i know that uh with coach trout now in his fifth year and coach this this uh, round rock carbot classic is a lot of fun here you've got uh, kansas tomorrow night You've got uh, Kentucky on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, you'll wrap it up with Washington State. Uh, what do you like about these these early season tournaments where you're seeing, you know, three different teams over three days?
1: Yeah, you know, first, obviously, playing um, in Dell Diamond, uh, Chris Emendaris and the Express. I mean, just what a beautiful venue to go play in. Uh, that's number one. Obviously, the weather's going to be unreal. So it's going to be a uh, fantastic weekend. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's a regional-type atmosphere, right? you got four teams. Um, you know, you're playing around, Robin, so you get to play them all. But uh, it just has that regional type feel, right? And so we're excited to go in there. Um, and most importantly, just playing really good competition. And uh, that's what we're trying to do is measure ourselves in this preseason before we head into the the Sun Belt, which obviously uh, is a grind every single weekend, and, and measure ourselves and figure out, hey, how good are we? Uh, what changes we need to make, either personnel wise or Or uh, you know, coaching wise, and try to get ourselves ready for um, you know the last ten weeks of the season. So I'm excited about the venue, excited about the location, uh, and really excited about playing uh, three quality opponents.
3: Hey, coach, who are your um, who you think are you going to be your leaders? I mean, every coach wants their uh, their leaders to be their best players. Who are your leaders that you expect to step up this year for you?
1: Yeah, you know, it's an interesting group. We have 18 seniors on this year's team, which is by far the the most I've ever seen in in college baseball. I think we're tied uh, for the most seniors in the nation. And uh, so we have a lot of veteran guys uh, that are, you know, they they just lead by example and and they've been around for a while, so they know how we do things. Uh, I think it's really fun outside of those guys. You always leak towards your seniors to be your leaders. Uh, But Chase Moore, who's our freshman All-American uh, you know, everybody's going to have their eyes on him. When, when he shows it to the ballpark, he's not going to surprise anybody. Uh, but what he's done is really take his game off the field uh, and has become a bigger leader. Uh, he, he's our vocal guy. He's our guy that's always getting our team going, uh, calling the timeouts, you know, to go talk to the pitcher on the mound. And he's just kind of – he has that feel and, and knows what, what to do. Um, and then Ryan Farber is another guy. He's, he's a freshman. Um, I think he's at like 750 right now, which if that keeps us, we're going to the Hall of Fame. But uh, a fantastic player. But same thing. He just has that moxie about him. He understands the game really well. Um, and, he, and he truly doesn't act like a freshman. And, uh, and so it's really nice to see those guys uh, from a young age, along with the older guys, uh, step up and be leaders and, and, uh, and definitely push the squad.
2: Uh, he is Steve Trout, fifth-year manager, skipper there at Texas State. 18 seniors. That's a big number, Coach. That uh, gives you a lot of uh, – you, you, you put your head on the pillow at night, feeling pretty good about the leadership of your team. Uh, as you said, they fought back after getting behind at TCU, came up a run shy, but uh, liked the fight. They'll have three games this weekend at Dell Diamond. Uh, you guys will also be a part of the, uh, the Astros Foundation College Classic down in Houston uh, next weekend. Texas will be there. You guys will see the Longhorns in Houston and LSU, so playing a tough schedule early. You, you mentioned that, Coach, when you have a veteran team like that you know, early in the season before you get to Sunbelt conference play, you want to measure yourself. You want to find out where you guys are and then have your your, uh, your your deficiencies pointed out so you can go to work and get them fixed.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Obviously, the Sunbelt started to a top five league in the country, so uh, you know, you, get, you got to play well every weekend out. But, uh, but yeah, you know, the goal of our program is to, is to get to the NCAA tournament like we did back in uh, 22, and obviously made some noise. But our goal eventually is to – we want to get our, our program to Omaha. And uh, to do that, you got to beat teams like Texas and LSU and Kentucky and Kansas, all the teams we're playing, and um, measure up against. And so, if you're going to get there, you got to find a way to beat them and uh, get comfortable beating them. Or, get, or more importantly, get used to beating them, right, and have that expectation inside your program. So, uh, that's all we want to measure ourselves. Uh, you know, for, for our conference and also for our conference moving forward to, to get our program to Omaha.
3: Hey, Coach, I know they've done a lot to improve the, uh, the kind of the fan culture and the fan experience at Texas State and all the sports. Uh, can you talk about the, uh, the fan culture for the Texas State baseball team and uh, really the kind of the home field advantage that you guys have? I know you've got a really enthusiastic, passionate fan base out there about Texas State baseball.
1: Yeah, it's a fun place to come watch the games. It's ever been. It's uh, it gets rowdy, huh? especially on the you know the Tuesday nights and Friday nights. Uh, you know when, when it gets packed in there. Um, I think the most impressive of us we have. Um, over a 1,000 season ticket holders that come to every game and, and, uh, and pack the place. But what I love to see is when our students show up. And uh, when they show up, they get rowdy. Uh, they, they make plenty of noise, as you'll hear. And uh, that, that place is a beautiful sight uh, when, when that place is packed, ready to go. And, and uh, you know, we have our expansion coming here soon with our project, uh, baseball development project we have going on that's going to expand uh, more seats and more suites and, and uh, hospitality area and then player development area as well. Uh, but, yeah, you, you come to a ballpark, especially, like I said, we have A&M in Texas back-to-back Tuesdays. Uh, that place is going to be rocking, and it's a loud place. It's intimidating, and uh, credit goes to our fans and, and especially our students.
2: Coach Steve Trout with us, Texas State, playing out at uh, the Carbock Round Rock uh, College Classic this weekend. Uh, three games, if you, we've got two games each day. So if you're a college baseball junkie, gosh, you can catch a Longhorn game and get out to Dell Diamond and see some great college baseball in and around that. Washington State, Kentucky tomorrow, and then it's Texas State, Kansas. Then, you know, two more games Saturday, two more Sunday, Texas State playing each day uh, in the late uh, session uh, with that home crowd that you'll see there. Hey, speak to what Rod said, but also take it to a next level, Steve, The uh, Coach Trout, the, uh, the leadership at Texas State right now, it's got to fire you up as a coach and a team to come to the ballpark and come to work each day knowing that the, the president of the university the a d Don Correal i mean they're pushing uh to make this a first class program i mean with football basketball um you know they're they're getting after trying to, to make it a sports sports culture uh, all across the uh, across the athletic department that's got to got to uh, pump you up a little bit
1: oh there's no doubt about it you know it starts with uh dr kelly Dampus our, our president that guy has more energy than anybody i've ever seen, and he's at every every event with the school and also at every event with our um you know, any, anytime there's an athletic event, he's there. And uh, that speaks volumes when your president's there support your, your student athletes. Um, and so what he's doing for our university is unreal. And obviously the athletic department, uh, Don Quarrell, same thing. I mean, you just see all of our, all of our, um, you know, teams are doing really, really well. There's, Development going on with our our, our, our uh, facilities. They uh, have a big project of football going on now. Then ours is coming around here soon, and so there's just a lot of excitement. Everybody said Texas State's at sleep sleeping giant, giant, and uh, you know I think if you're paying attention to it, it's uh, it's waking up, and it's gonna be fun fun to be a part of. So excited to uh, show up to work every day with uh, yeah that administration and that leadership because uh, the moment the momentum is real.
2: Hey, last thing, Coach, and then we'll let you g- get back to your ball club. Uh, the, the the appearance and almost the trip to Omaha back in 2022, not to bring up a sour subject in the way it ended, but it was a great season for your ball club. Um, and plus the upgrades and what you, you see with that athletic department. How has that impacted your, your recruiting? You talked about some of the freshmen that have come in. Have you seen that on the recruiting trail where, you know, good players around the state, good players are, are noticing Texas State as a as a prime place to uh, to come play their college baseball?
1: Yeah, there's no no doubt about it. Obviously, with the transfer portal, it's a different day and age in recruiting. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we get, we get uh, you know, on the phone with people all the time. And maybe before it was, you know, having to teach them more about our program. And now it's like, yeah, Coach, I watch you guys um, in that Stanford regional. And, uh, you know, even, even in the portal or in junior college, you're talking to somebody from, even out of state, they're like, "Yeah, coach, I was I was a big fan of you guys," and so um, it's amazing what those type of weekends and, and that type of year did for our program. Um, you know, like I said, we we always start in the great state of Texas in recruiting, and then and then work our way out. But uh, yeah, definitely definitely well known, and uh, that season was a big big season for us for for, for recruits to. So, yeah, we we watched it. We were pulling for you guys. And, uh, yeah, it's it's still what motivates us every day. You know, those last three outs are still something I I think about often. And I can't wait to get them done one day and and, uh, send this place uh, to the next level.
2: Uh, which would be Omaha. Uh, but first, it's the Dell Diamond for three games this weekend. Get on out there. We know there are a lot of college baseball fans uh, that just love the game. You get a bunch of good baseball. The weather's going to be great and that great environment at the Dell Diamond. Uh, Steve, we appreciate it. Let's hope this is the first of uh, several visits this year as we watch your team grow and uh, certainly the matchups with Texas. We look forward to it, and thanks for the visit this morning.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate all your support of our program in college baseball. So, eat them up. Look forward to seeing you guys.
2: All right, Thanks, Steve. Coach. Coach Steve Trout, fifth year now. It's amazing. I mean, uh, I feel like he was just taking Top that program class. over, and here he is, uh, in five, year five. And uh, they're going to be it'll be a fun weekend. So get on out there, Dell Diamond. They're the centerpiece of uh, the as far as the home teams go, because we know these these northern teams. Rod right, like to get down here, get some good weather, where mm-hmm. it's still winter, where they're from: Washington State, Kentucky. Kansas rolling in here, uh, Texas State will be there as well. So looking forward to watching those baseball games this weekend. And yeah, the the, the following weekend is that one down in Houston, Rod. That will be cool. Where you've got Texas and LSU on Friday night, mm. Texas and Texas State on Saturday night at Minute Maid Par. and then uh, you know, Texas will play Vanderbilt on Sunday. But Texas State's a part of that all weekend too. So they're gonna, nice. they're they're much like the Longhorns. Uh, you talk about Vic, Vic Schaefer with a high bar for Texas on the basketball side of things for the women. Uh, Steve Trout on, on you know, building on what Coach Harrington did, raising the bar of that program. I mean, their goal is Omaha. That's their the, goal is it, Omaha. That should be the goal. High standards, man. Yeah. And as he said, the Sunbelt Conference in which they play is now a top five conference in college baseball. I mean, they got uh, Coastal Carolina and uh, themselves, I mean, really good baseball teams. Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Uh, these are top-end baseball programs. And Texas State wants to take a backseat to nobody um, in this area. Of course, the the, the bar is Texas. Uh, the Aggies, uh, a lot of good yep. college baseball in this area, no doubt. TCU, number five in the country. Hey, uh, that's good stuff right there. Get out and get those tickets. If you're looking for more information on that and you want to be a part of the, uh, the Carbach uh, event, the Round Rock, Dell Diamond event, just go to the Round Rock Express website. They've got uh, ticket options and uh, uh, all the info you need right there. Uh, roundrockexpress.com is where you're going to find that, or you can just Google the Carbach uh, College Classic. Good stuff right there. Uh, all right, Rod, let's get your second rant of this uh, busy Thursday.
3: All right, welcome back to the rant of the day. we got a couple of NFL stories that uh, we're going to get into a little bit uh, here in Raj Rant of the Day. Uh, and my man Brock is stepping in for for Ty, so we'll get some of the audio here in just a second. Um, but <laughs> um, the, uh, the NFL right now, there's a lot of uh, random stories that I want to get to. One of them is about Justin Fields. Apparently, Justin Fields unfollowed the Chicago Bears and when he unfollowed the Chicago Bears uh, it became a big deal because on Instagram he also started following some players from Atlanta Bijan Robinson, Drake London and uh, Kyle Pitts and that caused some controversy so we'll hear from Justin Fields who had to set the record straight about why he decided to follow those guys and why he unfollowed not only unfollowed the, uh, the, the Bears as an organization but he also unfollowed the NFL and apparently he's got a good reason for that so we'll, we'll get into that audio too and there's also the uh, the antonio pierce sound which is making the rounds and there's even talk that you know, some saying i heard pro football talk say this that he believes that the nfl should step in um because if you're going to have jordan rules uh type the mentality then potentially you're endangering quarterbacks or you got the uh, at least the mentality to uh, go after quarterbacks and try to do them harm um so we'll hear from them we'll hear from them in that sound too so we'll get to all of that uh i, I just sent it to my man brock Um uh, okay real quick just so so brock can get caught up we didn't get to this in um behind the burn orange curtain but it's interesting we can get to it in raj round today with chris gilbert coming back to the fold for the longhorns uh, as now the special assistant there was some talk uh, reportedly, that he was going to be in as the assistant general manager. Uh, it was reported by foot, Football Scoop at first that was not going to be the case. He's going to be the special assistant to the head coach. Initially, Chris Gilbert was with Texas, um, working with their direct, I mean, he's the director of high school relations, I believe, was his initial title. Went to North Texas to be a tight ends coach at North Texas, and now is coming back to Texas. And by the way, this was considered a, not say a shock, but it was a surprise. Uh, to a lot of folks on the inside and insiders, because there was no talk that Chris Gilbert was going to come back, which means I you know, maybe he reached out to, to Sark in Texas about coming back, uh, but it, it would seem that either way Sark enjoys him being on the staff. Uh, I think his initial title as Director of High School Relations gives you a hint as to his biggest asset, he's a made man in the DFW area, uh, you know, DFW is top three in the country, metro areas for producing NFL talent per capita. Uh, so that guy can get into almost any uh, high school and, and open any door in that DFW area because of his uh, accomplishments and achievements at Lancaster, uh, winning a lot of games and winning championships. So that's the biggest asset, but it's, I think it's, there's potential that he could – be groomed for promotion in some area here at Texas. Maybe in their new, really designed, uh, newly designed front office with Brendan Harris as the GM, or maybe it's at a position coach uh, job in the future. Uh, if Texas has one of those open up, and it seems like the last couple of years, Sark's done such a good job, he's already had. You know, coaches like Brendan Marion move on. You know, Stan Drayton has moved on. Uh, Jeff Choate has moved on. Um, it seems like more and more he actually uh, parted ways and brought in Chris Jackson, new wide receivers coach. You know, there may be room for a position, a new position coach. And if you trust and like and you believe uh, that Chris Gilbert is an asset, especially in recruiting, maybe he can be one of those guys who groom for a potential uh, position coach job. That's just my theory. I did not, I've not heard that from anybody. That is not necessarily a, uh, a breaking news or anything. That's just my theory as to what may be going down. All right, uh, so let's get to this NFL sound real quick. A, uh, Brock, could you please pull up the uh, the first piece of sound I want to get to is the Antonio Pierce sound. So Antonio Pierce was on uh, the Rush with Max podcast simulcast, and he was talking about their victory over the Chiefs. Remember, they actually beat the Chiefs this year late in the season. That was some arguments we made. Chiefs didn't really care about that game because uh, you know, they were worried more about the postseason at that point. Um, but the Chiefs have dominated that division. They have dominated the AFC West. Even prior to Patrick Mahomes becoming the starting quarterback, they dominated that division with Alex Smith. That is Andy Reid's division, and everybody in that division should be paying rent to the Kansas City Chiefs because they do own it. Uh, But they have had an arms race as of late, especially with the head coaching uh, carousel in that AFC West, you got Sean Payton with the Denver Broncos. And now you got Jim Harbaugh with the San Diego Chargers. And I think Antonio Pierce may be feeling a little bit, uh, maybe inadequate, maybe he's a little bit insecure being in the division with all these coaching potential Hall of Famers and Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. And then you got a guy like, you know, Andy Reid, who's now in the GOAT conversation. Um, but here is Ant- antonio pierce uh saying how they're going to approach the raiders how they're going to approach defending and trying to neutralize and topple patrick mahomes in the kansas city trees
1: and then we went into
3: we got the jordan rules and we, we i'm calling now from now on as long as i'm here the patrick mahomes rules okay. so you remember when jordan was going through it with the pistons all those guys in the 80s before he came michael jordan the air jordan the pistons used to whoop his ass. anytime he came to the home elbows yeah. filling them love taps we touched them we're in the head mentally physically emotionally
1: spiritually i'm touching you so i show those guys jordan getting his whooped and then we went. To... All
3: right so there you go the, the uh the patrick mahomes rules now officially they're out there i'm sure teams had uh, their own game plans of how they wanted to defend patrick mahomes uh, but antonio appears to let it be known and he's saying they got proof of concept because it worked already once against patrick mahomes and they beat him that may very well be the case, but this is p- probably more likely to end up as bulletin board material against the best quarterback in the NFL rather than a a blueprint for how to beat him. But I'll give Antonio Pierce a lot of credit. He's got scones the size of smart cars. Because <laughs> why would you want to give the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes any more motivation? You know, so maybe he does have the blueprint. But you know, the NFL is gonna have something to say about it if they start. You know. Banging around Patrick Mahomes and roughing him up, the NFL ain't gonna—they're they, not gonna stand for that either. Um. Maybe the Raiders will do it in a way that they can do it within the rules. Uh, but usually that is something open for interpretation. What is rough in the passer? You know what I mean? What's unsportsmanlike conduct? We've seen that. We've seen a lot of those this past season where a lot of people disagreed with the call that it was rough in the passer or it was an unsportsmanlike conduct, and yet we know there are different rules for quarterbacks. So ho- hopefully he accounted for that in his Mahomes rules uh, take. But there you go, Antonio Pierce. It's, uh, it's, a bold,
0: gonna, it's a bold move.
2: Yeah, he is the – Bold, bold uh, strategy. You know, he's the one – what is it? One of these things is not like the other, right? In that division, you have Jim Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, all arguably Hall of Fame coaches. Yeah. He's new, but he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. There's no doubt about it. He he's brings, got to. He brings an attitude. And you know who loves that is the Raider fans. And the Raider fans they love do. that mindset. That's
3: a good point, yeah.
2: Uh, Renegade, Al Davis, the old school.
3: That is true. They do. That That goes back to it. Yeah, going against the grain. So, hopefully, it works out for them. But, man, like I said, Patrick Mahomes and has, has basically dominated that division. And even before him, Kansas City was dominating that division. All right, let's hear from real quick. Let's hear from Justin Fields. So, Justin Fields also in the news. Um, there's talk that, you know, the, the Bears are going to move on from Justin Fields, that they're going to trade him as soon as they draft Caleb Williams. Or even before that, they're going to trade him. There are lots of teams that should be interested uh, Steelers should be interested, the Falcons should be interested, you, know, you got the Patriots out there, potentially there are a lot of teams that may be interested in Justin Fields. Recently he unfollowed the Bears on, on, on Instagram and started following different players from the Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson, Drake London. Uh, he was asked about this on the St. Brown Brothers podcast, um, and here is the response from Justin Fields as to why he unfollowed his own team on social media
5: since wait since we're here hold on but i mean what's we're not the, no 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 no, no, no. Shit, since bro. we're here we're All right, come on what's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that man bro i'm glad we're talking about it because people why do people take social media so serious like... <laughs> <laughs> but like why are you why are you unfollowing the bears like i still mess with the bears isn't that? i'm just trying to take a little break i unfollow the bears and the nfl bro i'm not just trying to have football on my timeline
1: man.
5: i know y'all mess with a girl eq especially you just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. That's true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears more now that you don't them. Man, it's not even like that. Ah.
3: All right. So that's enough. Basically, he unfollowed the Bears, unfollowed the NFL, said he just don't want football on his timeline. I get that. It is a that's – a, that's, a, that's a decent excuse. I don't know if we believe it. I don't know if anybody's buying it. So maybe he shouldn't be selling it, but that's the – that's his reasoning. That's his rationale. He also, and this is why I think Justin Fields is now just playing mind games. He's either trolling everybody, playing mind games, or maybe he's playing chess while everybody's playing checkers, uh, and maybe his agent is advising him to do this kind of stuff. He also gave some love to the Steelers in this very same interview, kind of add fuel to the fire. Um, He says his favorite non-home stadium
5: (coughs) is where the Steelers play. Here's the audio.
0: Mm-hmm. You got a lot of them on your team. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Uh,
5: watch, watch Pittsburgh was lit too, uh, just with the Terrible Towels. My my uh, rookie year, it was lit over there too. Um,
0: mm-hmm. You got a lot. Of them.
3: All right, so there he is saying that the Steelers are one of the teams you know that basically he likes playing. In. He likes playing in their home stadium. Maybe he's heard. Not maybe I'm sure that he's heard the rumors and seen on social media that the Steelers are or should be interested in them so he's throwing a little bit of fuel on that fire. He's throwing a uh, little bit of gasoline on that one. And he, this may be probably the, the biggest indicator or the best proof that he is no longer going to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears going forward. There was a, Le, a LeBron-MJ debate happening on this St. Brown Brothers podcast. Uh, Justin Fields weighed in on the M.J.-LeBron debate and the starting quarterback, currently of the Chicago Bears, said he likes LeBron. Here's the audio. Pittsburgh. All uh,
5: right, Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh was Pittsburgh. lit Monday night.
3: It was, it was, it was lit that night. The other cut Where he's uh, a short one where he's basically saying he likes LeBron over Ibj.
5: I'm out this. I'm out of this. Out of this. Out of here, bro. Yeah. I like LeBron. I like LeBron, bro, really too. Good, I like LeBron, too. I'm Man. out of
3: this. I'm Fantastic. out of this. All right. The All right. I like LeBron, guy. Thank you very much, Brock. I appreciate that. The I like LeBron, guy. That is Justin Fields, ladies and gentlemen. That is the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears uh, in a in blasphemous fashion, saying that he prefers LeBron over Sh- Chicago legend and Saint Uh, who has a statue out there in Chicago, which I'm sure he drives by all the time in front of that arena, he said he prefers LeBron over MJ. That, to me, going forward, best proof, best indicator that he will no longer be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears because the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears can't take LeBron over MJ, or at least not admit it publicly, unless, like you said, you know in the future – you're not you're not gonna be in Chicago. Because you are you lost all street cred and you lost a whole lot of points with any fans you may have by saying you take LeBron. And now by the way, I'm not saying you can't take LeBron over MJ, but you can't say that if you're the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears.
2: Yes. Can't say that. Yeah, he might uh he no. might be showing up at that uh Scottie Pippen. Horace oh that Madden. tell it all that <laughs> tell it all. <laughs> the tell it all tour the yeah. no bull tour the no
3: bull tour yeah maybe he's going to be on that cuz uh, yeah that's you can't be hating on MJ
2: in MJ's well, town well i mean i think it's we are all pretty clear they're going to take Caleb Williams and they're yes. to trade Justin Fields yeah. so i think you know part of it you know he you know if he were a free agent or something and uh, he he unfollowed the bears that'd be a you know to me a bigger deal the fact that he doesn't really control this thing and i think the haze in the barn on that decision could be. They're just yeah. ju- everything they're gonna say between now and April is to drive up the value. Like, oh no, we might keep them. We can keep them both. We might keep them both. You'll hear stuff like that, right? Yes. They're gonna talk out of both sides of their mouth. That is true. They're just trying to drive the value up, and they would like to see Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and some other teams bidding for him so they can drive up the trade value. So maybe they're working with Justin Fields. Maybe this hey. is
3: all uh, a collaboration. You know what I mean? And the the bears I don't think are the like bears are
2: that. Smart. Yeah, they probably are.
3: <laughs> <laughs> his, his Asian is probably. Yeah. But not the Bears. Yeah. You're right about
2: that. Uh, but we'll see. There you go. Good stuff in Rod's rant. Uh, NFL drama. Antonio Pierce, Justin Fields. The days of our quarterback lives. Uh, Raiders have the Patrick Mahomes rules, which uh, team's going to come after Justin Fields. We'll see Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, all yeah. names you're going to hear. Russell Wilson's name now out there with the Steelers as well. So uh, it's that silly season, Rod. Uh, yes, a lot of is. things get floated. A lot of things get said mm-hmm. that are not true. But, uh, you know, it's all, they it's get all some good legs. for us. They
0: somehow get some legs in the, uh, the offseason for the NFL.
2: The silly season. Can we come back? When we do, we're going to pick up this conversation. It's college football playoff. Text, uh, Austin is a major league baseball city. Plus, before the end of the hour, Rod, a little round of who said that? Who said that? Coming back.
1: Ah! Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers, Austin, Texas, sports, the horn.
2: the top of the hour it's who said that we'll try to just determine who said it uh, then it's into our fabulous fifth hour on this fun thursday a lot of good topics seems like a kind of a slow sports thursday because there was not really. much last night but there's all kinds of big stories college football playoff looking at 14 or 16 mm-hmm. um starting in 2026 they're going to play 12 the next two years we've had good debates on that uh, jeff Passon at espn talking about uh, austin being one of the uh, top destinations for possible major league baseball expansion and as we said earlier, Rod, the uh, the key to that, I'm, I, I'll say this openly. I've talked to a lot of folks in and around Major League Baseball. If, if Major League Baseball doesn't come to Central Texas, it won't be because of baseball. It'll be because of Politics. Central Texas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they just we you know it, 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 it needs a sugar daddy, and mm-hmm. as I call it, you call that in college basketball, they need someone that's at the tip of the spear, uh, someone to say to it's got a lot of money. Yeah that says, I want to bring a team here uh, and really push for it. Good, get get in the city halls, get into the state capitol, uh, start pushing to make this happen. you, you got to do your due diligence with the owners, too, because you got to make nice with Drayton McLean, down, or excuse me, Drayton McLean, uh, with uh, Jim Crane down in Houston. Yeah. Uh, ownership up there with the Texas Rangers, That's true. trying to invade their turf a little bit. But Major League Baseball would support that person a lot because they want, as you know, because the, the Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio, Austin are three different population bases. Uh, um, four. I mean, there, there's some yeah, crossover. Oh, well, it's, well, I think baseball looks at that as one, kind of like Dallas-Fort Worth. No,
3: I know, but I'm saying that's the challenge because it, it's actually four. Right. It's not one. You want to look at it like one, but San Antonio and Austin are very different, and you're trying to build a brand that is going to be attractive and palatable to both of those Correct. communities. And those communities are very different. Now, I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's going to take some very clever, you know what I mean, branding right. to be able to do that.
2: Right. Uh, and connections
3: to, like you're talking about.
2: Yeah, and, that, and that's going to take like, a very – Like the Ryan family. Really like, and then, it's going to take a determined person that wants it to happen, that's yes. got a lot of money and power uh, and friend, a lot of friends with a lot of money. A lot of connections. Um, but, you know, those people are – there are a lot of those people around here. Um, you know, it's Anthony Precourt, who the owner of the Austin uh, FC. You know, they, he was determined to get his team from Columbus to Austin, and he made it happen. He did. He you know, built the stadium, of course, worked for the city on the land deal. Um, you know, I don't. I I, just, I can't foresee a Major League Baseball stadium any, anywhere near downtown Austin, but that would be the ideal scenario. But we'll see. Uh, also, top story this morning. It's uh, one of the top stories. Johnny Manziel speaking on the what is it called? Shea Shea. Yeah, Club Shea Shea. Club C- Shea Shea. Can I ask
3: you about this story though? That he says his dad went to Kevin Sullivan or whatever, or the leadership of them, and asked for what was it say three million?
2: Three million dollars. Three million dollars. So he can stay for years. two more
3: years. <laughs> Um, when he man, left
2: early for the NFL.
3: Yeah, man, to try to keep the, you know, the train rolling, right? The house that Johnny built, uh, it seems like everybody was uh, cashing in on Johnny Manziel's success, so I get that. Why wasn't this in the, the documentary?
2: I know. Well, that's what that documentary was not The documentary
3: was trash then.
2: Yeah, this would have
3: been one of the best stories I, in a documentary, I, and it would have perfectly fit.
2: Admittedly, shame on me. I never saw it. I needed to go back and watch. No, it. You I mean, uh, no, you don't. I know. I don't. No, you don't. No, it uh, was wasn't bad. worth it. It's, it's what was I. Really it's what I had heard. That it was just the breaking news, almost like a a, a, a fluff a fluff fest. Yeah, it was for just Johnny a, a re-
3: yeah. It was just a review of some of the main stories, but you didn't learn anything new. Yeah. Well, this they was did something new. They did kind of
5: hint at this. Like they didn't say, "Oh, I offered." Or I I requested three million dollars to come back, but he was he did like hint at like you know we we were trying to get some money behind the scenes a little bit.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I, but why not just tell the story? Then? I know. I mean, I, he was pretty point blank that we played it a couple times this morning with Shannon Sharp saying, "Hey, yeah, yeah my dad asked him someone for three million dollars, and we would have stayed for two more years." And th- we meaning Team Manzel, and uh, obviously you know some Aggie fans will say, "Man, we should have done that because we were running Kenny Hill, and we weren't any good the next year, and it yeah. got worse from there." Uh, but look, Manziel was a wreck. I mean, when you bring Manziel, you're bringing all that baggage. I mean, it's only a matter of time before the NCAA was back before pre-NIL, so he was going to get your program in that, trouble. That's true. Um, you know, you know someone had to weigh that. And, and let's be honest, Sumlin had his own issues, and he wasn't a great coach. Uh, I think I think we why were you were. could argue you probably should have paid the $3 million. Yeah. Now you know you're not a good Make coach. Make you a better player. Yeah, pay for the player.
3: You win more games. But you're right. This is a good point about the program, though. I mean, it got you in some serious yeah. hot water with the NCAA. and then got the penalties. Yeah, it's a good point, though.
2: Well, I wanted to play this, too, because from that interview, listen to this. Here's Johnny Manziel. Play the, the one I sent you first, Brock, uh, on his diet plan. Because he had, oh, he, no. uh, essentially how he lost forty pounds. Listen to this. Here's because uh, you'll he, you'll see when when this timeline is when he leaves the Cleveland Browns. Listen to the Johnny Manziel, how do you lose weight fast program?
4: I was two hundred and ten pounds when I left Cleveland. I was one hundred and seventy pounds sitting in Vegas that August, that September, October, whatever it was later in that year. 40- how you lose forty pounds? You're on a strict diet, a blow.
3: Wow. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Cocaine is a hell of a drug.
2: Cocaine is a hell of a drug. So, uh, I I would assume not heeding that advice if you're looking to maybe Ozempic might be a better idea than a strict diet of blow. Strict diet of (laughs) blow. Hey, Brock, clip that and save that. uh, That is. Strict diet of blow, please. Um, (laughs) I'm making a hot key. Yeah, that'll be a hot key.
3: Um, Wow. And how much much weight did he lose in what time span was it? Forty said, pounds. Play
2: that again. How many? Yeah. Locked. How many days was it?
3: That's what I want to know. what days, but how many
2: weeks and stuff. Let's do that one more time. That, that August,
4: rock. that September, October, whatever it was later in that 40, year. How you lose forty pounds? You're on a strict diet, a blow. blow?
3: <laughs> so he's saying when he left the Cleveland Browns, he was two hundred and ten pounds. pounds, and he ended up being one seventy. Yeah. Whenever he was reported to a, a when he was in Vegas.
2: Yeah. Hey, so, so Aaron, what we're talking
3: about it's a couple of months then.
2: Yeah.
5: So one thing they did talk about in the documentary was after he got cut from the Browns, he went on a five million dollar bender, and uh, that, it's making a lot more sense now why it was yeah, a lot of so cocaine. expensive.
2: A lot of cocaine. Cocaine is not cheap. No. Um, yeah, also, for this too. Here's a little. It seems like Jay, uh, Shannon wow. Sharp. Got more out of Johnny Manziel in this sit down than he did in his own documentary about him. Like, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> well, <laughs>
3: Shannon <laughs> Shaw must have a must have a knack for interviewing people because several people have kind of opened up and got wild on in
2: Club Shay Shay.
0: A couple of drinks, maybe? I
2: don't know. Yeah, oh, maybe Who was the comedian it. that made all the headlines? Cat Williams. Cat Williams. Cat Williams went all there
0: and that ripped everybody. Crazy. Yeah, it was like, man, maybe he's got maybe he's a Larry, the new modern
3: Larry King. he got some two-some he's two-some 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 over there. Up. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Club Shay uh,
2: Let's hear this other one from Johnny Manziel, just to how bad it got when he was the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns.
4: And I remember, and this is how bad off I was whenever I was in Cleveland. You know, LeBron would text me every week to come over to the house and watch a game or play poker with the boys and just – Tried to be there and I was so depressed for the first time in my life That even my biggest role model and inspiration in my life Couldn't get me out of bed to come and hang out with him. Wow. You know when I went to the Cavs games I went I was in
2: wow. Johnny And LeBron was texting him.
0: He was so depressed that LeBron was texting
3: him and he didn't want to go hang out with Bron Bron Wow That's big. I'm not gonna lie. That's that's a that's a that's a dark hole you're in man. That's a dark hole
2: Drugs will do that to you.
3: Drugs will do that to you. Yeah, losing your identity. I mean, his identity was as a football player, so he kind of lost his identity as a human being for a while. Uh, which, trust me, I can relate to. But that is—that's a dark hole to be in, where the, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest sports uh, celebrity in the in the world is hitting you also up. Also playing
2: in your hometown. Your hometown,
3: the the yeah. It's like, hey man, you come how you got? And it's just like, ah, uh, not really, man. I just kind of wanted to get in here and do these, do some more drugs in this dark room. Well, I mean, what's yeah, the – yeah, that says a lot. That's sad, man. Well, I'm glad he got the help that he
2: needed couple things it's that it's that you know classic eagle song life in the fast lane right you can live that life in the fast lane but you're gonna crash Mm -hmm. just are i mean uh you know he lived his life through high school and into college with not a lot of accountability he kind of did things by his his own rules and didn't listen to other people with rules and um you know you can do that for a while rod i mean and he he did it longer than most are able to i think he did yeah but you're you're eventually going to pay the piper i mean you just are Eventually, it's gonna get you and catch up to you. And five. I'm not saying. Oh man, he
3: spent so much five million
0: dollar bender just
2: five million dollar bender. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he
0: regrets that, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: And uh, you know, it, it, it's a great lesson. I mean, it's gonna be fun, as that as, as Glenn Fry wrote and sang. It's life in the fast lane. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we'll get it'll, it'll, it'll catch up. Yeah, Whoa. you
3: live. I mean, you live fast. And that fast money for him, fast money goes fast too. He didn't. I don't know how much he invested. Well, I mean, think
2: about it. I mean, that's why you love the players and the the young guys with great perspective. You know, this guy, there was never a doubt in his mind he was going to be a great NFL quarterback, right? There was never a – you could have never convinced him of that. No. It was just he was going to – just because he was good in college. High school, he was great in college. He's saying he's offering to run it back with Kevin Sumlin and give me that $3 million million we'll keep winning this thing. It's all about him, right? It's all about him, all about him. Obviously, you know the NFL is – it's all about team. It's all about – work, uh, work ethic, I mean, everybody there's great. Uh, you're, you're not even, you've been the best athlete on every team you've been on. You're not even the best athlete in your... In your and we found that he wasn't
0: working. Like, he wasn't actually right. watching film. He wasn't actually learning the playbook. He wasn't actually
3: working on cultivating his craft. I mean, where where would Johnny Football be if instead of being out partying with, you know, cocaine and hanging out at Vegas, if he had been upset obst- obsessive about his craft and, about you know, getting better as a quarterback and watching film. I'm not saying he would have been a Hall of Fame or anything, but his career may not have been such a flash. May not have been you know. What I mean, uh, basically mm-hmm. what we consider kind of a he was basically like uh, it's like a a comet. I mean, he came. It was, and for a while, I mean, it was the brightest thing in the sky. But it burned out fast. Well, they it did burned the out uh, fast.
5: They did the Jamarcus Russell thing on him. You remember that, where they they gave him like oh, yeah, a, a film him. thing, yeah. and then it tracked like how many hours he watched, and it totaled at zero, zero, zero. zero. And Dude
2: didn't open it up. And then you contrast that. I'm, I've now um. watched two episodes of that Patriots Dynasty on Apple Plus, and the the, the work ethic of one Tom Brady is uh, exactly. It was always there. I mean, it was his dad was telling the story about him when he was in high school and the work he put in. And that's the reason Bill Belichick chose him over Drew Bledsoe when it mattered because he was watching him study and film work and the obsessive, compulsive yep. nature of his preparation for the game. And he's like, this guy's going to be good. I still don't know what's going to happen. He's going to be good. And Belichick, they talk about how he and Belichick would just sit and watch film for hours together. Hours. Oh. And you know, people ask, "Well, why would you pick him over the 100 million dollar quarterback?" He's like, "Well, the 100 million dollar quarterback's not sitting here with me for hours that watching films.
0: <laughs> he went home. He went to go out to a nice steak dinner. He's living. He's, he's spending, spending a good his life. money. He's yeah.
3: spending that money. This guy in the 6th round, he's hungry. He is
2: hungry." He hey, well, and so, ended up paying off.
5: So speaking of that, that terrible documentary that you didn't watch. The one thing that did come out that was pretty big. We were talking about that 5 million dollar bender. He said that his goal was to go on a bender like an expensive bender until he ran out of money and then he was going to kill himself. He said that was, that was his plan, you know, cause he, he talked about like he was struggling with mental health in this interview. And yeah, that was the one thing he did open up about in the, uh, in that Netflix documentary.
2: All right, good stuff. Brock Bollinger now producing the show's title. little under the weather. We'll come back, Rod. We'll play some Who Said That Who with said Brock. That? We will also uh, pick up those conversations. Johnny Manziel, Major League Baseball in Central Texas. Uh, college football playoff. It's all top of mind on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.
0: Who that? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that?
2: Top of the hour. After the top, it'll be the fabulous fifth hour coming your way. We're on the Longhorns. We're on all the big stories of the morning. But Rod uh, talked about an anniversary. Who said this?
1: Oh,
0: Who said it? Oh, I don't know who said it. I, rem- I mean, I've heard that call, but I don't know who said that. the great Al Michaels. Oh,
3: there
2: you go. 44 years ago. Nice. The great Al Michaels. I, did not know. I,
3: didn't, I didn't know that was, that call was him. Yeah. Okay.
2: One of the great voices of all time. That was um, a
3: great – yeah, I, did, I really did know. That's, that's a history lesson for me. I didn't know that was him. The
2: great Al Michaels, and uh, do you believe in miracles off the cuff? Because it was a miracle, right? They lost to that Russian team 10 to, 10 to nothing. Previously, Still one yeah. of the
3: greatest upsets in history of sports. sports. Yes, it, I gonna say it is it, the single-greatest yeah,
2: single-game yeah. upset. I want
3: to say the Mike Tyson fight, uh, Mike Buster. Tyson upset at Buster Douglas is, like, right above it. I want to say I looked at, like, the, the greatest upsets in history, and I want to say it was, like, those two in, like, the top three or
2: four. Like, for a season, there was that uh, team, in, in soccer mm-hmm. team that came from relegation and ended up uh, – Oh,
3: I bet that is. That's probably up, up there, But too. that's for a
2: season-long underdog. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Talk about just one big – one event, one, one match, event. one game, yeah. That's, that's
2: got to be up there, the miracle. And people forget that wasn't for the gold medal. They had to go win the gold medal game after beating the Russians. Good point. Afterward. Did they win the gold medal game? They did. They did? They did. yeah. There you go. As you say, that movie, Rod, with... uh, It's a good movie. It's yeah. a great movie. We recommend will. it. We're not looking for the best players. We're looking for the best team.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not looking for the best guys. We're looking for the right guys. Right guys.
2: Mm-hmm. Our kind Still,
0: of guys. Yep, no doubt. Uh, hey, bro- okay, geez. Okay, OKGs baby. I sent
3: you a couple of clips there, uh, Brock. If you can pull any of them up and we can play... Who said that?
1: We would... You know, we'd be
5: talking about
0: What happened in those two... What happened in those two weeks? What... <laughs> what transpired? Can you imagine him and Coach Knight yeah, I, together with wild, Quinn wild. Buckner and No, I can't.
5: That's it, I did, it
1: just, it would have been, it did, I think the basketball guys were like, nah, we can't let this happen. What, well, I mean, I wanted to go to Kentucky, but Kentucky quit recruiting me, so it was down to Indiana State and IU, so I went to IU. Financially, I couldn't stay. Okay. Reg, I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. It wasn't I was homesick or I didn't like the coach. One thing about me, I always said, the coach is coach and the players play. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever they tell you, you gotta do You might not like it, but you got to do it. That's what they do. Right. That's their expertise. I don't think me and Coach and I would.
2: Who said that? My man Larry Bird. Larry Legend.
0: Yeah, saying he wanted to go to Kentucky. But Kentucky quit recruiting them. Well, back then, that was uh, man.
2: the it program, right?
0: Yeah, that's wild. They, they stopped. Why did he stop recruiting? And that was the seventies, and he was the right
2: color too for Kentucky that time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the Hick from French Lick. So he got oh. the
2: right skin color for that, uh, yeah. that program too.
3: That's that's wild, man. That's a great story. Didn't know. I never heard that before.
2: Uh, um, all right, I got a that's couple. Good. I like that.
3: Couple other clips, Brock. I guess we can throw out a couple more before we get out of here and play. Who said that? Dial any of them up if you get some time and throw them out there. Who said that?
4: Personally, I, you know, will be honest. I, I told our owners uh, when they called. I said, I think you, you, I don't understand why you're doing this, you know. Um, and they said, you know, one of the things they said was, well, it doesn't matter. We're, we've done it now, and um, we, we we want you. And, and so that was a tough one. I didn't. I, that was. That's where you had the hesitation.
2: Uh, that is our man, Mark Jackson. Uh-uh. I mean, Doc Rivers. Doc, Doc, Rivers, Rivers, Doc, Rivers, Doc Rivers, Rivers. There you go. Yeah, Doc Mark Rivers. Jackson, Doc Rivers.
3: <clears throat> uh, yeah, he's saying that he initially was shocked he got the call
2: <laughs> from Milwaukee. He was like, what?
3: And told him, I-, I don't know why you're doing this. Don't hire me. So so, why they
2: hire him? Rich so people are weird, man. Yeah,
3: so if it doesn't work out, <laughs> we got to go back to this clip. Be like, he told him. What are y'all doing? Do not hire me. Okay? This is not going to work out for y'all. And y'all still want to hire him? Wow.
2: Yeah.
3: That is a That's
0: a crazy story, isn't it?
2: Rich people are weird. Rich people. You get, you get, you're calling a guy. He's saying that he doesn't want the
0: job. Why are you calling me? You know, the fact that you don't want this job I'm gonna means make you're you the right it.
3: guy for the job. It's, it's
2: like what? Reverse psychology. It is. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but uh, you know
3: what? Tell a rich person they can't have some.
2: Right? Uh, they don't like that. They don't
3: like that. Makes them want it more. So, playing hard to get with the really rich ain't a bad – it's not a bad strategy. a good point. They either get what they want.
2: Hey, can I play this uh, – who said that? Uh, Brock, let's fire this one up. I think we'll get this one pretty easily too, but it's a good cut, good cut. It just irks me. Again, playing cool. Cool
1: don't win. Cool gets you beat, gets the coach fired. That's what cool does. And, and it just, it bugs the crap out of me. When you have worked all year to put yourself in this position, with four to go, you have four championship games. Now we have three. And that's what you're going to bring to the table? I might owe CDC some money. I might not earn my check tonight.
3: Wow. <laughs> Vic Schaefer's awesome. Yeah, he's so good. He's good. And anecdotally, he's great with his analogies. He's He's got some self-deprecation in there. He's he's, he's accountable because he, he looks himself in the mirror, and he's the first one that he wants to throw blame at. And he's a great motivational speaker. Oh, man, he's fantastic. He really is. I'm such a fan.
2: Yeah, uh, they didn't play with the intensity it's going to take, and obviously wow. he's eyeing for that Oklahoma game next week. <laughs> they they got to be their best if they're going to, you know, take – because, look, the Longhorns with three to play can win the regular season Big 12 because they control mm-hmm. – if they beat Oklahoma, they've got a chance to be the regular season champs. And, you know, they, they could be a top four seed, you know, one of the number one overall seeds That's potentially. Right. Well, you looking at it e without Rory Harmon, which is a heck of a coaching job for one big Schaefer. It really and is. And that for that entire team.
3: Yeah, for that entire team. No, he's talked about it. He said – he compared losing Rory Harmon to going through a triple or quadruple bypass. He said we had to rewire everything, but turns out we when we got everything rewired and we recovered, we have a really strong heart, and the heartbeat is still kind of what drives this team, even though we had to be basically losing our best player and our best leader, uh, we had to you know rewire and we
0: had to adapt and rebrand ourselves, and they they certainly did. All right, there's a round of who
2: said that, some good stuff in there. Larry Legend, uh, uh, Vic Schaefer, right. uh, Al Michaels, the great Al Michaels. Uh, also a little uh, Doc Rivers up in there. We'll come back when we do. It's a fabulous fifth hour. Uh, the conversations continue. Rod's got us behind the BOC. Uh, also, Rod, an update on that story we talked about yesterday involving the Lake Travis football player and uh, the Longhorns. We'll get you details on that. A lot happening uh, on yep. who said that. And also hook them up on uh, the Horn, 1019 AM, 1260, streaming on the Horn app at and hornfm.com.